All right, we are back again with another episode this week. Welcome into From College to Combine. As always, I am one of your hosts, Michael Spoli. This week, you're going to notice that I am not next to Riley Millet, unless Riley has completely changed from his appearance from you know when I last time I saw him. <laughs> this week, I'm joined by Brandon Hay of the IDP Guys, someone I am lucky to have with us today because his Debbie knowledge, his fans football knowledge is unmatched might i say how are you doing today brandon i'm good thanks for having me oh that, thanks I'm, I'm i'm lucky to have you again brandon so we got a good show lined up this week a very straightforward show because this is kind of in my i think dare i say this is one of the last slow weeks of the nfl season we got train camp in the kicking off in vegas this week we have every other train camp kicking off next week so We'll have some preliminary stuff for that. And with that in mind, before we get into our big segment of the show today, which will be about best ball, again, a total July festival, I want to give a shout out to For Frequency's Sake. That is where you're probably watching right now. That is where it goes live. Definitely worth a follow at FFSQC on Twitter, on YouTube. I know they're launching Discord channels now as well, so definitely check them out. And of course, IDP guys, where both myself and Brandon put out some amazing content. Um, and... Brandon has, I know, uh, Brandon, you do Decoding Debbie, don't you, right? Yes, uh, yes, I do. I haven't done one this week, but uh, yes, I do Decoding Debbie. I try to do it weekly. Yeah, weekly show that where everyone is concerned, you know, the average people, even you know, my, myself included, we're, no, we're talking about the stars in December. Brandon's talking about them now, and it's better to get ahead of the curve. It's definitely a show you want to check out, and that's going to be on the YouTube of the IDP guys, so definitely... Check that out, IDP guys. Twitter, YouTube. Check us out at the Expo in a month. You know, I, I, Brand, are you going to be there? I, yeah, you are, right? You are going to be at the Expo. Yes, I'll be at the Expo. I was there last year. It was a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to um, it again. And I think there's going to be more, uh, more people from IDP guys this year, so it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, this is my first time going myself. I'll be there in a month. So if you want to come join us, join a bunch of people in the industry, there's a code available, guys. There's, there's a there's a sale that the IDP guys are offering. So check out the website for all that, idpguys.org. But with all that said, let's jump into kind of a, a question to start off. Normally we run through headlines, I know, but it's July. These headlines are boring to me. I, I'm, I'm past them. Instead, I want to talk about the training camps that are coming up. Like I said, Vegas kicked off their training camp. Everyone else is going full swing of it. Brandon, who needs a good training camp? Because we've been talking about, we had the mini camp, we had all that, and now we're heading into where it really matters more. Uh, yeah, one is kind of, uh, you know, either or. I think uh, for the Packers, it's Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs. Um, I saw that the Packers are, are talking to John Brown to sign him at wide receiver. So to me, that worries me a little bit that maybe the rookies aren't showing enough in camp. They need someone opposite Alan Lazard. Uh, so I think both of them need to not only you know perform well to get on the field but to get that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers because we know with Rodgers when wide receivers make mistakes he gets like really upset with them and just refuses to throw them the ball so I think for both of those players um that a lot of people in the fantasy community or just NFL fans think um are going to do well this year just need to show out in camp yeah I mean we've been chasing that Devontae Adams replacement they're Truthfully, there isn't one, even if they add John Brown, who I, I didn't hear that rumor, but that makes a lot of sense to me. 
um, you know, they need someone to step up. And Alan Lazard's good. I, I like Alan Lazard, although his ADP is climbing a little bit too high for my liking. But we all want – if there's upside here, it's not with Lazard. It's with, it's with Dubes. It's with Watson. And I would love to see them take that step in minicamp. But I'll throw out another name. I, I've been talking about a couple of these for a while, but I'm going to bring up one that I talked about all offseason because I loved him that much. Traylon Burks, a first-round talent of the Titans, did not have the camp, the rookie minicamp that we were hoping for. And the days where we overreact to rookie minicamps, that's just, you know, that that that's all school. We shouldn't be doing that. But wasn't really out there. Had trouble with conditioning. Had struggled with his asthma. You know, fresh start going into camp. We'll see what he looks like. We'll get a little bit more of an idea on how, you know, what his opportunity is to jump to the number one spot. Because right now, he's around that 4-3 on that team. He's behind Nick, uh, uh, what's it called? Nick Westbrook-Akeen, and um, as well as obviously Robert Woods, the new veteran addition. So, yeah, it's it's. I think he really needs it, despite – you know, me being a huge fan of the talent. Okay, another one for me is uh, Kenny Galladay with the Giants. He got the big contract last year, didn't really do much. They have new coaching staff. Um, they've drafted a lot of those fast, speedy wide receivers, you know, to add. Um, and I just think, you know, they probably have a short leash for him with the new coaching staff if they find another wide receiver that can either stay healthy or get production on the field. Um, I think he just – to you know, get back into the, you know, top of the depth chart for the team and with the new coaching staff. I think Holiday really needs to uh, be impressive in camp. He does. And it's such a good opportunity as well. Like, obviously, Daniel Jones, we're not excited about Daniel Jones, number one. But Kenny Galladay saw 16 red zone targets last year and turned those into zero touchdowns, which is absurd of amount of an outlier, honestly, with the – type of player that Kenny Galladay is and always has been on the touchdown now. But uh, I'm going to throw out another name. I'll just I'll just do one more. Um, I, I'll, I'll hint at K.J. Osborne. I've been talking about K.J. Osborne the entire year. I just took him in Scott Fishbowl. Huge fan. Think he's the best fit is in best ball rather than redraft. Still like him. But the other name I'm going to throw out is Chase Claypool, who if you check out the Fantasy Ladder podcast, uh, they just did a Steelers breakdown yesterday. Check that out on the IDP guys YouTube, but I talked about Chase Claypool. And I think there's a huge misconception that Chase Claypool is on the, his fourth year, you know, fifth year. Like, he just finished his second year. He put up a okay year, and he had a great rookie year. That wasn't Justin Jefferson, wasn't Jamar Chase, but he had a very strong year, something that met, he put up lines that only we saw from Calvin Johnson, things like that, where the touchdowns, the yardage, the usage, all that instant impact. And Ben was not that great that year either. And last year, he fell off a cliff. That's Ben I'm talking about. He had an eighth most red zone attempts and turned that into just 17 touchdowns. That was 87, by the way. 87 passing attempts turned into 17 touchdowns. That's abysmal. I think Claypool has a lot of room to grow in this offense. I think there's a world that he takes some more slot work, and that would be very interesting to me. Starts in camp. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good call too on Claypool. I think you know outside of the football aspect, him just as a person maturing because he just shows you know there's that one play where he got first down under two minutes and he did the first you know first down sign and didn't you know he made up an excuse and we've just seen that. I just wonder because they drafted George Pickens, another great talent, but someone with maturity issues also. So all that and then with you know Deontay Johnson, are they going to keep him or not? 
So I think it's a big year for Claypool to, you know, um, kind of establish himself. Yeah, establish himself yeah. on the team, and you know, make sure that uh, that he doesn't get passed. So my last one is uh, Tylen Wallace for the Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. They need a second receiver um, opposite Rashad Bateman. Um, there's Duvernay there. Um, I wasn't huge on Wallace when he came out of uh, college. I think he's more of a just a contested catch guy. But, I mean, there's plenty of opportunity in that offense uh, with how Lamar runs around and, you know, just to get those targets. And even though I think they're going, the Ravens are going to focus more on running the ball with J.K. Dobbins returning, there's still plenty of opportunities there because it's just Andrews. And then most people think Bateman is going to have a huge jump. I mean, he's still only a second-year player that didn't get a ton of opportunities last year. So uh, if Wallace really wants to, you know, get that opportunity, you know, this is the perfect time for him to uh, show up in camp and and take that second wide receiver spot. It's it's funny because I'm, I'm going to paint a quick picture here that – Last night, my, my roommate works 3 to 11. I work 9 to 5, pretty much. And so when he finally gets back, I finally we, – we link up at 1 in the morning, so to speak. You know, that's the only time we get to see each other. And naturally, I talk about this show. I talk about what we were going to do today. I was going to bring up this question. Who needs a good camp? And he brought up Teal and Wallace, a guy that has such a good opportunity here to be the number two for a team. And maybe that doesn't matter because it's Baltimore, you know, lower passing volume. But – he has that room. And there is a non-zero world, I wouldn't project at all, that he leads the receivers. Like you said, Bateman's not locked like Bateman's locked into snaps, but he's not locked into targets. Like I we projected it that way because we think he's the best player, but not proven. So I, I definitely like that pick as well. It's such a murky situation. And that will be the opening question. That will be our who needs to be have a good training camp. I think it's a really important thing as we head into it. But now we're going to get to meat of it, Brandon. We're going to get into the meat of the show, the best ball part. And that's what we've been doing for the past June, the past July, because it's a little bit too early for redraft. It's a little bit too late in the year for Dynasty, but best ball, that's where it's at. So we're going to throw out some names that we want to be targeting in our drafts before we talk about some fades. That's very important to talk about on both ends because, you know, avoid the mines, draft the gems. So, do you want to kick it off? Or do you want me to kick it off? Let's. I'll let you decide. You're the guest. Uh, I'll kick it off with a target. One target. Um, I've been trying to, you know, um, get him included in any in any dynasty trades. Uh, Russell Gage. He went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, he's uh, best ball ADP wide receiver thirty seven. So we don't know when Chris Godwin's coming back. And even when Chris Godwin comes comes back, Russell Gage is still going to be wide receiver three on that team. We saw with uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown. Uh, Tom Brady can support those three wide receivers. So I really like Russell Gage there. I, I think he'll finish inside the top 30, especially in best ball. Um, I think he's a, a really good value there because Brady, you, you know, you want any weapons that are attached to him. If they don't have Gronk, unless he comes back. So, um, and then, you know, they, they have Kate Otten at tight end, which I like, but since they don't have that uh, experience, you know, playmaker at tight end, I think the slot could be even more important for the Buccaneers. It's, it's interesting because he's such a huge riser over the last month of everyone starting to realize with more news coming out, with more people tuning in, Chris Godwin's not going to be ready for the start of this year. He might not be ready I, I, I don't think enough people are talking about the real world that he starts the year on the IR. 
given that IR short term now, it's a four game type of situation. I think that could totally happen. And we start to see Chris Godwin come back around the 12 month timetable, which is still normal for ACL injuries. And that would be November. That's not, you know, it's not September. It's not November. Or it's, not, it's not September. It's not October. That's a lot of runtime for Russell Gage in the slot for Tom Brady. I, I do worry about how high his ADP could crawl. What, what, uh, what, what point would you kind of start to veer away if he crawls a little bit too high? Um, I would say probably around 20, 28-ish. Uh, if, you know, even though I think he'll finish in top, inside the top 30, I think it's a little fringe, you know, that area. So if it crawls too, too far ahead of that 30 spot, um, you know, while I like him, I don't think he has the, um, you know, the ceiling of being, you know, like a top 24 receiver necessarily. Uh, so I would want someone that would have that potential at that spot. Yeah, totally understandable. I'll throw out my name. Somebody that I have at every single point in my, you know, football knowledge, fantasy space career, I have disparaged uh, Mr. Marquez Valdez-Scanlon because he's not that great of a receiver. He doesn't have wide receiver one upside. He doesn't, he's not a wide receiver one in terms of NFL talent. He's not going to be it for fantasy. But he was the guy that Casey wanted more than anyone else in this group. He want, They wanted him more than Juju. And I, I like Juju. I think Juju will have a good year. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling has this deep role. Anybody, like, I'm starting to hear talk of Mikko Harmon becoming a sleeper. And he's not. Because Mikko Harmon's not the deep threat on this team. He's failed repeatedly to do that. That is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And that's somebody who's a great target in best ball. Because we don't have to guess. We don't have to guess the week he catches a 60-yard touchdown, a 50-yard touchdown, or even just a 50-yard bomb on top of a couple other catches. There's there, there's genuinely good upside relative to cost. Now, again, I don't think top 10. I don't think top 12. I don't even think top 15. But he could sneak in the top 24, and on a week-to-week basis, he can win you a week because he's attached to Patrick Mahomes in a Chiefs offense that I think might be passing the ball more a little bit more than people might be projected even which is already a high number because I don't, I think the chiefs are going to be clawing for a little bit more games than they weren't in years past. So at wide receiver 49, that's a good investment to me. That's, that's, you know, it's your wide receiver five, it's your wide receiver six. You can grab a more stable guy at any point of your, but Marcus Vos Stanley, when you, that's a really good type of player to have at wide receiver 49. No, I, I definitely agree. And I think, um, personally, it's going to go uh, for Kansas City. It's going to go Kelsey, obviously. Um, Juju's going to get his. And I think to I think to replace Tyreek, it's going to be a mixture of three you know, three, three players, and then Sky Moore, Cole Hardman, and MVS. But um, MVS, pro, like you said, has the upside of those long, long touchdowns. And at that spot, he's definitely worth um, picking up because he, he's going to win you some leagues. Sky Moore is another name that we could have mentioned before as well, of a, a guy who needs a good camp because he missed all of rookie minicamp with an injury. He has not played really for the Chiefs. And, you know, that's Marquez Lenskelly was rumored to be, or not rumored, he was reported to be the best receiver at that rookie minicamp, which I don't care as much about. But that means, you know, he has the step up. He has the step up. You know, uh, Sky Moore already has enough of a hurdle to overcome just being a rookie, trying to be an instant starter. You got MVS kind of locked into an outside rule to me. And that's – if he's getting snaps, he's going to get deep targets. And I kind of like that 
in best ball formats where I don't have to guess the week. Right, definitely. And back to Sky Moore just real quick. I think everyone thought Sky Moore was going to be the replacement to Tyreek, which I don't think he is. I think I like his um, future in Dynasty, but this year I think he's going to be a middling, you know, fantasy producer at least. Better probably on the on, to the Chiefs than actually fantasy, but, you know, in, in years in the future, he definitely could uh, make his way into a wide receiver one type there. So the guy that uh, – next guy I'm going to say best ball, I've loved him. Ever since he was drafted, didn't love where he was drafted. It's KJ Hamler for the Denver Broncos. So uh, I know most people are more excited for Russell Wilson with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, and then some with Tim Patrick. But uh, I think KJ Hamler could fit the role of a poor man's Tyler Lockett for uh, Russell Wilson. You know, he he can go down the field. Um, you know, he's a good route runner. He's a good um, quick in and out of breaks. And he even said he wants to be Russell Wilson's uh, Tyler Lockett. He's another like MVS. Uh, I wouldn't trust him week to week, but he's going to have huge weeks where he explodes for, you know, maybe five catches over hundred yards and a touchdown or something like that. So I really like KJ Hamler and he's going as wide receiver 86. So um, definitely think he's going to outproduce that. And, you know, I always like wide receivers attached to good quarterbacks especially Russell Wilson, and we know, you know, he can support multiple receivers, and uh, that that's why I like Hamler. It's, I, I, I thought about it, I, I, and I like that pick because the cost is so nothing, you know. If, you, it, if you're wrong, you, you didn't really lose anything on it, but it's, it's who, who gets the slot work? Because I really do think that's going to be Jerry Judy, and I think Tim Patrick's on the outside. I think Gwen Sun's on the outside. I don't think KJ Hamler – will sniff the outside. So if KJ Hamler, I think it'll take an injury to Jerry Judy for him to get on the field. Um, I, I see, I see the upside of he's a big play guy that I, I'm, I shouldn't be say I shouldn't be doubting KJ Hamler because I'm a huge Paris Campbell truther. <laughs> and it's a very similar <laughs> situation, but I, 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 I do like it relative to cost. I'll throw out one more name. Uh, so I, I actually teased to it before because I quickly glanced over, but uh, I, I said it wrong, K.J. Osborne. Um, I'm going to take just 30 seconds because, again, I've talked everyone's ears off K.J. Osborne, but he's a better target in best ball than anything else. He is now in a system that should be use, utilizing three wide receiver sets a lot more. He's still, despite my huge influence over the fans community, comes at a huge discount at wide receiver 67, there's a real world that the Vikings can support three wide receivers. I think that's possible. And while I wouldn't project that, I don't have to pick the weeks with KJ Osborne because I think he's good for a long touchdown on the out route or, or not out route, but on, on a, a elongated wheel, so to say. We've seen him do that a number of times. Adam Feelings, no lock for health. To me, it's, it's, it's a dart throw in what I project to be a very good offense. In fact, the other day, the other day being yesterday, I I I tossed five bucks down, Brandon. I tossed five bucks down on Kevin McConnell to be the head uh, coach of the year because I'm that confident that the Vikings are going to take the NFC by storm and then crumble in the playoffs. But take 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 the NFC by storm. So. What, what do you think of K.J. Osborne? Because I, I, I tend to need someone to hold me in check, and I'm curious if you're the person to do that. Uh, I, I like that. I like that pick. I like Osborne. 
Um, and I do think that offense is going to be better. I think they're going to uh, throw the ball more, more just in general, and and get those wide receivers more touches because they have good wide receivers. And we saw even last year on limited uh, opportunities that Osborne had had that big playability. So you know, and and we saw with the Rams, they they had those three wide receivers sets quite a bit. So if the Vikings do that, then I do like Osborne because as long as he's on the field more, he's going to get more opportunities. Do you uh, do you have any more targets you want to throw out there? Do you want to jump to fades? Yeah, I have one more target, and it is uh, Jamison Williams. He's at wide receiver 62. Um, I know he has the injury, but getting drafted that late, I think he's worth the gamble, um, especially in best ball. Because, you know, whenever he does come back, he, he has the uh, potential to be, a, you know, a top 20 receiver the rest of the way once he's in there because his big playability. Um, the Lions need really need that field stretcher. And uh, like last year with Amon St. Brown, they seem to do a good job of coming up with different ways to get playmakers the ball. So I, I do have faith in them doing that. And I think Jamison Williams could be a league winner if he is able to come back healthy you know, even just midway through the year. Yeah, I, I have nothing more to add to that because I think that's a really great target. A, real, a, a person that in, you know, a draft class that was a fairly good draft class at the total top, nobody's talking about James Williams right now. It's because of the injury. I understand why there's not as much headlines. It's just wait and see, but totally under the radar for the prospect that he was. I'll throw out one more target. One more target. We're going to jump to fades. My guy, Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore. Everyone loves Elijah Moore. And he's going off the board as a wide receiver 33. That's, you know, that's that's not a nothing price tag. I think he beats that. I think he confidently beats that because he has put up so many different metrics that put him in elite company. Guys who did what he did when he command like the target rate that he commanded in the reps that he got was on par with elite receivers. And now we enter the second year where we see it used to be third year wide receiver leap. Now when you know it's become more prevalent, it's that second year. The Jets have made strides in this offense that they've bulked up the line. They've established a rushing attack. That's gonna help everything. Like the presence of Brees Hall is not just gonna be okay, rip Michael Carter, go Brees Hall. Good for Zach Wilson. It's good for Elijah Moore too, because they can keep Elijah Moore on the field. Drives will be sustained. It's more red zone opportunity. And Elijah Moore is a very talented wide receiver who will be, I think he'll be the number one target for Zach Wilson. Does that matter as much to live up to wide receiver 33? We'll see. But he's the type of player that has a big play potential on every single time he touches the ball. That is a both great fit for redraft as well as best ball. Because there will be some weeks where he hurts you. Because the Jets are the Jets and the Jets are going to Jet. But I'm willing to take the shot on best ball. I'll take a shot in dynasty. I'll take the shot in redraft i'll pay up and above out of the nose to get him as a wide receiver three i'll be more than happy with that as a upside type of swing yeah um anyone that knows me ever since uh before uh his rookie year elijah moore i've been hu a huge elijah moore fan um you know i had him near the top of my wide receivers just behind uh jamar chase um i i, I love that call because a lot of people are going to focus on garrett wilson getting drafted in the first round I think both of them are going to be used a lot, and Elijah Moore, they're going to move him all over the field. 
I think we saw that little stretch midseason, and that wasn't even with Zach Wilson. That was with Mike all White. the other crap. Yeah, all all the <laughs> other crappy quarterbacks the Jets had, and he was he 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 was burning players a lot of times. He'd be wide open. They they just couldn't get in the ball because of bad quarterback play. So I think if Zach Wilson can progress, then uh, yeah, I think Elijah Moore. That's a that's a great uh, great p- place to pick him because he definitely has top twenty potential. Yeah, I, I, I obviously I completely agree. So, are there any fades that you want to throw out there? Yeah. So one, uh, I know uh, Twitter goes back and forth about this player, Gabe Davis for for the uh, Buffalo Bills. I like him, and I think he will have a better year. But he's currently getting drafted as wide receiver twenty three, and they added Jamison Crowder, added James Cook as a receiving back. Um, and Josh Allen, the only one he really force feeds is Stefan Diggs. And I think everyone else is just kind of whoever's open. So I think Gabe Davis will have a good year. I'm not so confident he's a he's going to finish within the top 24. So that ADP is is too high for me for him. I I, I like that we both are on the same page of I think maybe it's the Twitter cesspool, but everyone loves to hate on Gabe Davis because of the ADP. I I like him. I think he's going to have a good year. I think it's going to be cl- what we can consider a breakout. But does he hit wide receiver two, 22 in value? Probably not. You know, and that's – that's, or if he does, he hit your, – you're getting what you're paying for. And that's not what I really want in best ball. I like taking the long shots, especially in this format. So I, I, I as much as I like him, I've tapped him as a breakout. I, I, we've gone too far with him. I'll throw out Josh Jacobs, running back of the Las Vegas Raiders. Had his fifth-year option declined this offseason. He should be the locked-in starter. I am worried. I am worried at RB22 that he's going to be finishing RB18, RB19, RB20. And even if you're drafting at 22, it's not going to feel like a win. Because when you're drafting those guys, he is – I think he's going to do – more or less what Zeke did in the second half of last year. He's going to get a decent amount of volume. It's not going to feel good. The week-to-week upside is going to be very limited in what the Raiders are going to pass the ball a lot in this Josh McDaniels system that has Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I don't know what Josh Jacobs' weekly upside is. I don't think they're going to be running the ball as much in the red zone. I think they'll be going with Derek Carr to Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, two of the best red zone targets in football. So if Josh Jacobs, even if he has a greater touchdown upside now that the offense is better, he's not the focus of this team at all. And then you also factor in that they added Zamir White. You know, Josh McDaniels said, I want a different running back. They added him in. They have Kenyon Drake still, who not going to act like Kenyon Drake scares me off of Josh Jacobs, but still there, still not a garbage player. There's a lot of reasons for me to be concerned, and that's why he's going that RB dead zone. And he's one of those names I'm just willing to pass on, especially in best ball. I still have to draft targets on screen. <laughs> Any thoughts on Josh Jacobs, Brandon? Uh, I had to, I mean, I like Josh Jacobs as the player, but yeah, it worries me because what is McDaniel's going to do? Is he going to continue that Patriots way where you're never going to know the running back? I mean, I, I mean, I think he's better than that, but uh, I don't think he has that those high upside weeks that you know some of the other running backs would have. And um, I think Jacobs, like you were talking about, Zeke, is more of that constant. You know, he's going to get you a constant, you know, double digit, but that isn't going to give you those huge weeks. 
So, um, and I, I do agree with that. And we just don't know with Devontae Adams there, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, they just gave that, you know, extension. So they're going to want to give the ball to all three. All three of them might have 100 targets. So that means less targets for running backs. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely agree. I like Josh Jacobs as the player. Don't love his situation currently with the Raiders. Do you have anyone else you want to throw out there as a fade? Yes. My other one, and I don't know why, I just have never really been a big fan of this player. It's Mike Williams for the uh, for the Chargers. I think he's going to be a, a good receiver for them this year, but he's uh, currently going as wide receiver 14, and only one time in his career has he finished inside the top 30. That was this past year. I more say it's that's the anomaly than the you know other years. I know everyone loves Justin Herbert and everything. I just, with Mike Williams' injuries and everything, I just think that's a little too high ADP-wise for me. It's it's fair. Uh, the thing is, I think he's – I don't view it as a fluke because I think all the situation – the situation is the same. I think he – I've always been a Mike Williams stand. I, I have been a huge fan ever since Clemson. I thought the injuries held him back initially, as well as Philip Rivers' ailing situation. And I I am on the Justin Herbert train of, I think QB1 is well within the realm of outcomes. I have him as my QB2 in my ranks right now. For that to happen, and I have him leading, I think I, I according to my ranks, I have him leading the league in passing yards. With that in mind, that's going to go to Mike Williams. That's going to go to Keenan Allen. I don't think Gerald Everett's stepping up at tight end. I don't know how much more Eckler can be used in the passing game. I think Mike Williams had a lot of lapses last year, and I think they'll figure it out this year when I think all the Chargers – It might, it's bold for me to say the Chargers finally take a step forward, but I'm going to say the Chargers finally take a step forward and get over that hurdle. And for that to happen, I think Mike Williams will be that guy, especially in best ball where I think there's a lot more – there's a lot more. There's a lot of volatility with Mike Williams, and I don't. I, I'm best ball helps kind of ease my concerns with that. But I'll, I'll throw out another name, and it's a shame because this guy just went to a Super Bowl. Brandon just went to a Super Bowl, exceeded all expectations. Joe Burrow, quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, is a very good player. He's good. He's a very good player. He has one of the best receivers in the league in Jamar Chase. Going off the board is the QB6, and that does scare me. I don't like seeing Joe Burrow at the board of the white, off the board at QB6, because there's so many other names that you can choose over him, let alone quarterback, because I think this is about where he is going to be ranked in most circles, because he's not going to be running the ball a ton. He'll move, but he's not going to run the ball. So you're going to, he's going to be behind the Lamar Jackson's Jalen Hurts's. I will still say guys in higher passing volume offenses, there's Tom Brady going behind him. I, I'll take Russell Wilson, who is going behind him. There's obviously Josh Allen. There's Kyler Murray. There's so many different quarterbacks I'd rather take. For, and, and this is before you factor in just overall ADP, because I'm scared alone about taking a quarterback high. And Joe Burrow is going off the board as the QB6. It's going off the board pretty much in that fifth, sixth, seventh round. Not a fan, Brandon. I'm, I'm just not. I, I don't I don't like it. I I it, it, I don't know. The weekly ceiling alone, I can see the argument for it being high. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I get it. 
the, the Bengals run a very balanced offense. Joe Mixon gets his. He gets his 280 carries. He is a big part of this team. This is not a Tom Brady where he's chucking the ball 45 times a game. It's not even prime Aaron Rodgers or something like that. This is closer to now Aaron Rodgers where you need hyper-efficiency to live up to QB6 ADP. I don't think it happens. I'm not willing to pay that price. Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree too um, because you're really – if you're getting Burrow at this spot, you really need him to – throw three touchdowns a game at the very least. And there's going to be weeks where they get it down and they just hand it off to Mitzen, you know, or Mitzen gets some in, in the red zone. And he doesn't really run that much. You know, I actually had an argument with someone that was arguing with me that Joe Burrow was just as mobile as Justin Herbert. And I, I was like, I, I was like, no, even before, even before the injury, the he game. wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he can, he can move around in the pocket, but, Herbert has the has you know the tools and the running ability to get you the yards downfield, and I, Burrow isn't going to really do that. Um, so yeah, that definitely that definitely worries me because um, I'm actually surprised in his ADP because it's before both Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, who they could have bad passing games, and just because of their rushing ability would would have that you know h- higher uh, ability to stay you know in that top five uh, quarterback range. Yeah, it's it's out of control, honestly. But that that's the love that Joe Burrow commands, being as cool as he is and as successful as he was last season. So, what uh, you got you got one more uh, fate to throw at us? Yes, this one I don't feel great about, but uh, James Conner at running back fifteen for the Cardinals. Um, if you look at his, I mean, he's truly saved by all the all the touchdowns, and it you know in Kinsbury. Uh, did this with Kenyon Drake too, so I mean he's had a couple years of doing this. But just if that court, if that touchdown range just goes down, he's not going to be nearly as high. Um, his rushing average last year wasn't very good. Uh, Chase Edmonds had the much you know better run per carry, um, over five, and James Conner had I think three point six. And sometimes it just looked like he was like slugging through. But when he you know when they would. Drive down to the two, he would just fall in the end zone. So, I mean, that definitely could happen this year. But uh, I think there's some regression. I could see him, you know, falling out um, of the that that range of top 15 to be a lower end running back too. I think I, I think you're on the nose with it. And part of my worry with James Conner, I I don't like projecting injury. I don't project injury. That man suffered a lot. And last year was really the first year he kind of put it all together. He's getting a year older. He's going to be given a hefty workload that I don't think they're going to ease off until he gets hurt. And I I don't know. I don't know how long James Conner lasts. And that's not the mindset I like to promote. That's not the mindset I project in. But it's something you have to factor in. You have to factor in that James Conner carries a higher injury risk and you're taking him very high in your traps. I'll throw out my last fade. I've got plenty, but I'll throw out this one. Somebody that lasted an unbelievable amount of time in the Scott Fishbowl, and I still couldn't bring myself to take him. DK Metcalf. I don't care that he's going off the board at a discount. He's going off the board as the wide receiver 21. That's that's I, I'm gonna throw out Gabe Davis because I he shouldn't be up here either. But that's going next to Brandon Cooks, going out next to Alan uh Alan Robinson. He's going a little bit ahead of both those guys. And I would confidently take both over DK because 
Yes, DK is a big play machine. Now you you give him a screen, you can take that all the way. That's lovely for best ball. I don't know if the Seahawks score 20 touchdowns next year, let alone them coming through the air. This team is going to be bad, like really, really bad. Like, I, 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 I don't know a better word to say other than just really, really bad because this is a strong division. This is a good NFC West, and DK Metcalf is not going to be able to overcome Geno Smith and Drew Locke. We saw what Drew Locke did to Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy, who where everyone's expecting both to take huge steps. You you know, you mentioned KJ Handler before. What is your four? You know, it's Drew Locke nullified anything good that can happen. And the only one that had any success is somebody that traveled with him to Seattle. Noah Fan. Noah Fan had some relevance as tight end. And now he's kicking in Seattle. That's an actual tight end receiver. That Seattle has not had. That's another weapon you can add to a crowded receiving group that is not going to work because of how bad the quarterbacks are. So I think some situations are that bad that I won't take at any discount. If I'm going to take one, I'll take Tyler Lockett, who's going rounds after DK. But if I'm expecting DK to be my wide receiver two, even my wide receiver three, I'm in trouble because I don't think he's going to live up to that even in best ball. I'm not going to bet. I don't think he's that famous last words. I don't think he's that guy to be overcoming that much. I think that's fair to say. Well, I was one of the people that drafted DK in the Scott Fishbowl. I got him in round seven, but yeah. I, I faded wide receiver. He's my second wide receiver. Um, but I mean, just the talent. Uh, I get what you're saying and it could very well happen, but I do think, with bad quarterback play, a lot of times they throw just throw it, you know, throw it up. And DK is one of those players that can, you know, just get it. Whereas uh, Lockett, more separation type guy, but you, you know, if with bad accuracy and everything, Lockett can't necessarily get all those contested catches, you know. So I think if someone were to succeed with bad quarterback play, I could see it being being DK. But I do agree with you, you know, just it's. It's, it's going to be hard for him. Um, I don't even know what, you know, if Geno Smith starts, if it's going to be any better, I think it's still going to be going to be bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, definitely will be interesting, you know, if he even is with the team, because, you know, there's all the talks about trades and everything. And honestly, I think they probably should either trade Lockett or him because they're obviously rebuilding. It's a weird, weird uh, situation in Seattle. They had, you know, they have Pete Carroll, who's, you know, not young, but it's like they're doing a rebuild, but they have an old coach. It's maybe only going to be there one or two years. So it, it, it looks like a little bit of a mess in Seattle. Pete Carroll is the youngest, oldest coach in the NFL as well. Like, I, he's, he's like 72. The man runs out there like he's 45. It's, it's, <laughs> it's inspirational. But that's even another nail in the coffin for me because Pete Carroll won the power battle this offseason in terms of. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, they were fighting at the end. They respect each other, but they were fighting. Russell wanted more pass-heavy. Pete wanted to be more run-heavy. They outed the offensive coordinator because of that, because they want to be more run-heavy. They went out and drafted Kenneth Walker in the second round. The Seahawks will be losing most games. That will force them to pass eventually. But Seattle also doesn't want to throw the ball to DK. Like that, that's, also, that's another nail for me is that 
Seattle wants to be a run-heavy team, and they will try to be. And that just makes it another another barrier against DK because the volume isn't even going to be what it should be for a team that's going to be as bad as they are. Okay, that I I and talking about DK gets me all riled up because I I I was wrong about him once upon a time. I didn't like him all that much. Prove me wrong, but now I can confidently say I don't think he's going to overcome these situations he got. But that will be our show. I want to thank Brandon again for coming on, especially last minute. You guys don't know, but last minute, this man stepped up today, provided an excellent show, might I say. Thank you, Brandon. Do you have anything you want to shout out there? Any, anything you want to promote? Uh, no. No, just uh, make sure to keep on looking at the uh, IDP Guys YouTube channel. Um, we, we're doing, you know um, – Short uh, one-minute videos with sleepers and busts on the offensive and defensive side for fantasy uh, for all 32 teams. So uh, check out those. Yeah. No, I, I can't have, emphasize that more. I mentioned it yesterday as well, but Grant uh, Grant runs our YouTube channel at IDP, guys, has been doing exceptional work just grinding out that channel. It's been growing ever since. There's long-form content like this, like other podcasts, and then the short stuff like our legendary iconic mustache matt wrecker likes to put out shorts that you just get it out there brandon puts them out too definitely check it out there that will be our show that'll be from college to combine today on what is it july 20th almost at august almost at the actual preseason when we'll be here next week 7 p.m eastern on wednesday we'll get to talk about some training camp a little bit more we'll have a little bit more a little bit more heat maybe we'll know what happens with sean watson Either way, thank you guys for tuning in. Definitely check out idpguys.org. Follow us on Twitter, idpguys, as well as obviously the aforementioned YouTube channel, idpguys. So for frequency's sake as well, that's for where you're watching right now if you're watching live. If not, obviously check them out anyway. Same thing, YouTube, Twitter, they Discord. We also have Discord IDP guys for frequency's sake. Both pop off, both deserve checking out. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode. I will see you next week, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Have a good night.